Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Market Adventures podcast. Now, Monday was another day in the trenches, right? After a strong rally into the close on Friday, we gave back all that momentum on Monday. With the bears out in full force, selling what seems like everything, uh, with short rallies here and there in between, I thought it would be fitting to find out who was behind all of this, right? When I sell a stock, who's buying it? Is it my neighbor? Is it Robinhood? How about when I buy a stock? Who am I buying a stock from? In the world of finance, there is always a middleman and a sidebar. That's why DeFi, uh, through the use of cryptocurrency and blockchain, is growing so possible, uh, popular, right? They're trying to get rid of the middleman. But in the instance of stocks and paper assets in that marketplace, having a middleman is a really good thing, like a very good thing. The middleman or woman because I didn't forget about my lady traders out there. Uh, The middle person in the securities market is known as a market maker. Now, a market maker is simply this. They hold stock and they create uh, options contract that we buy and sell uh, between each other, and they earn a small profit with each transaction. Now, this ensures, uh, by going through the market maker, this ensures that there's liquidity in the market, right? For every buyer, there's a seller and vice versa. If there was a market where there wasn't a middleman that was holding the stock and creating the options, then you and I would have to do business with each other. Well, if I wanted to buy stock and you didn't really want to sell stock, then where would I get the stock that I wanted to buy from, right? So, in order to speed up the transactions and to, to make sure that there's always a buyer for a seller, that's why we have market makers. Also, with options contracts, uh, it makes it easier as well run, having an options marketplace with a, um, with a middleman, right, or a middle person. Now, if I want to shell my shares of Apple, right, and let's say Lewis, who joined the Discord the other day, which welcome to Discord, Lewis, wants to buy Apple, He and I never actually interact with each other. What happens is this, right? The market maker in Apple stock, right? There could be several market makers for that one stock. Uh, They're holding X amount of uh, shares of Apple, right? Now, they've listed a price for what they're willing to buy and sell Apple stock for, right? All of the market makers do that. Now, I say they want to sell, buy Apple for 142 and sell for 142 and 5 cents. Right, every single market maker is listing their prices, what they're willing to buy for, and what they're willing to sell, and this is reported to the marketplace, us and other buyers and sellers, as the bid and the ask. The bid and the ask we're seeing, depending on the broker we use, is the best available spread in the stock of all the market makers for that stock. So, if Apple has five market makers, what we see as the bid and the ask should be the best one. Now. Uh, You can even check this, right? You can open up two different brokerage accounts and look at the listed price for a stock. The bid and ask 
and you will likely see a slight difference. And if they're the same, when you execute your orders on both account, on both brokerages, you'll notice that one brokerage may fill you better than another brokerage, right? Uh, this is especially true with like a Robinhood versus a TD Ameritrade, right? TD Ameritrade is a powerhouse in the brokerage space. Robinhood is good, but they're not at TD Ameritrade level, and they also work different in terms of order flows and what they do when you send in your orders. So you're going to get filled at different prices when you use uh, two different brokerage accounts. Now, a market maker can be a bank, a brokerage firm, or an individual. Uh, this, though, uh, whether or not it's you know which one of those people or which one of those entities is uh, one of the market makers for a stock depends on who is willing to hold the stock. Right, So a penny stock is going to have different market makers than, let's say, Apple, and also the size of the market that needs to be made. So um, like AT&T has, I think, the third or fourth largest float right, in terms of how many stocks are on the marketplace. That's why it moves so slowly. And then you have an AMD, which has a significantly less stocks out there on the market, or shares of stock, I should say, um, shares out there on the market, and they move a lot faster. Well, making a market for uh, AT&T is going to be different than making a market for AMD, right? Because they have different amounts of uh, shares available on the market. Um, So how do these guys or gals, right, the market makers, how do they make their money? They make their money based on the difference between the bid and the ask, known as the bid-ask spread, right? The difference between what they're willing to buy for and what they're willing to sell for, right? And to make it obvious, right, they'll buy it for $10 and they'll sell it for $10.05. It's a $0.05 profit to make sure that you get the stock that that you want and then I get to sell my stock, right? They make that $0.05 difference in between. Now, it's not a lot uh, for you and I, but do this over uh, a million shares or five million or a billion or, you know, the total amount of, of shares traded in a day, right? So we're looking at billions, if not trillions of dollars every single day that's made or uh, on the bid-ask spread. Now, uh, before you get all high and mighty, this is a very good thing, right? They're providing liquid markets for us as traders. So there's always a way to move our stock, right? If we want to sell and we don't have market makers, we got to hope that there's some kind of buyer out there. And then we got to hope that they're willing to accept our price. And if they're not, now we have to haggle and bargain, and who knows how long that's going to take, right? So having the market maker willing to set a price and have the liquidity ready to go um, no matter what, that makes our lives vastly easier. I say this as, you know, it is a good thing that they're making their money because they're doing a service, but we're also not trying to get beat up on spreads either, right? So we always make sure that we get a tight spread when we're making our trade so we're not paying them too, too much money, right? We want to make sure that, you know, we're in the game for us at the end of the day, right? We're in the aim, the game to make as much money as we can and not give it away. Um, but it is good that, you know, we're able, they're able to make their money, Um and again, it makes it possible for us as uh, individual traders, retail traders, to participate, right? Institutions have no problem participating and interacting with each other. It's us, right? It's the small guys who and gals who need to have that liquidity so that we can participate as well, right? So it makes it more open for us. And we have the, uh, to, I mean, to what we can hold them, we, we have the SEC 
trying to do a job to make sure that it it's the, it remains relatively fair for us, right? We're seeing the best possible prices when the prices are being listed. Now, uh, here's the thing. We're all in competition with each other, right? Uh, market makers, uh, retail traders, everyone's in competition. Everyone wants the best price when they buy and sell, even market makers. When they buy and sell, they want the best price, which is why the bid and the ask is always moving, right? And individual traders are the same way. Market makers uh, attempt to protect, protect themselves, right? When they see, uh, when we see spreads begin to widen, so they're willing to buy and sell at wider prices to make sure they take a bigger profit in, that's their way of protection, right? They're increasing the money that they make up front by making the spreads wider because they, they're anticipating volatility. So if they lose on a trade, they don't want to lose that bad, right? So if they're buying and selling, and let's say they bought something at $10, they sold it for $10.05. I mean, if they bought something for $10 and they set the bid at $10.20 because there's volatility, if the, the market plummets, right? They're trying to not lose that much money because now they're holding on to the stock, but they made this much money when they bought it. And then when they sell it, they they want to sell it at a higher price to make up for any losses that they had, right? So that's why we see the bid ask spreading, uh, exp- increasing so much. So if we want to spot volatility, we look for wide spreads, which means that the market makers, the big guys are predicting themselves, and you can also see this uh, through a metric known as implied volatility. Now, I would say 99.9% of brokerages have implied volatility listed there. So you can see that on a stock and um, on the options chain, what the implied volatility is. And the implied volatility, again, is essentially the market maker's level of uh, fear. Uh, or, or not even just the market maker, because the market maker is setting the price for the entire market. So that's going to show you what... Uh, most market participants, right, their level of fear. And I've done an episode on this before, implied volatility, and you can find it, just scroll down. Um, not sure what episode it was, but you can scroll down and, and listen all about implied volatility specifically. Now, if you want to find out if news is coming out, right, you can check there, right, implied volatility, look at the spreads. Or if you want to know, okay, this news got released, how important it is, is it? Again, look at the spreads, and and that'll tell you everything without anyone saying anything to you. Now, why is any of this important, right? Here's the bottom line. Knowing who a market maker is for a stock is not important at all. It, It really doesn't matter. It shouldn't impact your trades at all. But knowing the spreads and understanding volatility and how spreads and volatility interact with each other, that's important. Because remember this. The money is made when you buy and not when you sell, right? And this goes vice versa. Not literally buy and sell, but this goes by vice versa. And this just simply means that you make your money when you enter the position with proper timing, right? So watching stocks and options pricing will help uh, open up many different trading and investing opportunities as you get better at it because you'll be able to uh, enter at better positions. Now, again, you can't time the market. You can't time everything, but you can make sure that you're not overpaying for something, right? Or you're not buying something at a discount um, because you think you're going to get cheap, but in fact, you're just getting it on the way down. Now, if you remember 
as we're talking about spreads and volatility here, one of my favorite trading strategies is a credit spread. I've done like three or four episodes on it. Selling options contracts at a high price and then um, buying one at a cheaper price and then collecting the difference up front, right? And, and that's like selling Apple a, a Apple contract, a call option on Apple for $200, selling it for $200, and then buying another one cheaper a little bit further out at, at $100 and collecting $100 up front. This strategy is particularly successful when you identify high, higher implied volatility, right? When you, when you identify wider spreads and, and the market maker is, is scared of something or has identified something or the market participants are scared of something have, or have identified something. And for example, um, last week I made some money selling SPY credit spreads, right? When the SPY was falling very, very fast, I just sold one past uh, a level of support collected the money up front, and then when the stock market bounced even a little bit, it was enough because I got some time decay in there uh, as well. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying go sell credit spreads. I'm not saying do anything. What I'm saying is understanding how the bid ask is created, You know, understanding how that has to do with volatility and the interplay between market participants makes you a more knowledgeable and informed trader for, you know, your future investments. Anyways, that's it for today. Go answer that poll using your Spotify mobile app. The poll expires tomorrow at 7 p.m., so make sure you get your answer in. Would you rather have a million dollars today or wait five years to have it? And don't forget to share this show on your social media as well and help us grow as a community. And just like Lewis and Carlos, join the Discord group, right? And you find that at the on the website or you can click the uh, link in the show notes as well. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham. I hope you have an incredibly profitable day in the markets today. And as I always say, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure. Mm-hmm.